0: This is the TSN MMA show with
1: Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini.
0: The Hudo becomes the champ, 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 and might look to become the champ, 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 champ. That's a lot of champs. Did Tatiana Suarez lose a potential title shot? Valentina Shevchenko dominates Jessica I. And speaking of I, did you see Cowboy's eye after he blew his nose during his fight with Tony Ferguson? If Ferguson doesn't get the next title shot, nobody should. And what will this weekend tell us about Rory McDonald? as the main event Bellator against Neiman Gracie. We are joined by Robbie, as well as Rob Font, who faces John Lineker next weekend at UFC Fight Night in Greenville. Thanks to those listening on TSN Radio in Toronto and Ottawa or to the podcast. Please tell your friends, review the show, and subscribe. We appreciate any listener feedback you may have, so feel free to hit us up on Twitter, at Aaron Bronstitter and at Bazooka Joe V is where we can be reached. Mm-hmm. Joe, UFC yep. 238, fun card.
1: I liked it. I mean, I was uh, really excited, especially for those main fights. We got a lot of good action. Um, and as, you know what, as a low kicker, I was proud. There was a lot of fights that had to do with low kicks. All right. Elaborate. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw a lot of the fights where there's, um, low kicks played a lot of good damage in them. I mean, we saw, you know, even the, in the main event with Cejudo, we saw him almost get finished with leg kicks and then make, uh, uh, you know, adapt. We've seen a lot of guys go um, inside low kick. I was trying to think which fight that was. A lot of fights. Ferguson. Ferguson, and, uh, Cerrone, the inside low kicks them, were yeah. landing. I mean, I just remember watching the fights. And I'm like, yeah, as a low kicker, I was proud. And the very first uh, fight of
0: the card, on the card, Calderwood versus uh, yeah, That a, was, a Yeah, Calderwood
1: came in with a lot of those inside low kicks. I would have liked to have tacked the outside of the leg a little bit more. But, yeah, low kicks all day. Loved it.
0: Yeah, well, people are starting to adapt. Yeah, that's right. People
1: understand that they work. They're listening. Well, they're listening
0: just to this podcast. Just they're only. Hearing Joe.
1: Only. But yeah, I, still, like, I still get there's still a little frustration from me from uh, the MMA commentary because they don't value, I think, low kicks enough. I mean, you'll see someone land like vicious low kicks through three rounds, and then it's just a point that was made in the third round. I was like, man, it's such a big point that happened. And even with the refing and judging, I don't think they value low kicks enough. It stresses me out.
0: It also opens everything else up.
1: It does, opens for up sure. body kicks, opens up head but kicks. they have to score. If, if you're kicking the leg, that's like a jab landing. That's a target that's legal. That's being hit more than any other than the other person's landing. So they got to be counted as scoring strikes.
0: Oh, you can contact Joe Rogan. He's a he appreciates your work. I'll let yeah. him know. He'll agree with that.
1: Yeah, he'll definitely agree. Maybe
0: I'll start doing it more, and he'll give you shout-outs on the broadcast like yeah, he has in the past. So.
1: Yeah, I need more of those. Yeah. Come on, Convert. Joe. Step it up. Build
0: the brand up. Uh, so yeah, so Hudo basically got completely outclassed in the first yeah. round from a striking yep. standpoint. Uh I was sitting next to Brett Komodo, and I was like, I think I think Morais gonna finish him in the first round. I think it just didn't look close. And that was your pick too. That was my pick. That was yeah. your
1: pick of the almost your lock of the week. And that
0: looked brilliant yeah. in the first round. Yeah. And then Cejudo, to his credit and his team's credit, they yeah. get to the corner and they make that adjustment and turn it around and they do what you always say to do pressure the pressure fighter.
1: Pressure the pressure fighter. You gotta adapt. That's the key to fighting and I mean you you see that from the real champions. Uh, I mean, even at my gym, I'll use myself as, as an example. There's different ways. I might do a training block on pressure fighting. Then I'm going to teach my guys how to move. Then I'm going to teach my guys just how to box. And then they're going to know how to kick fight. Then they're going to have the ability to go southpaw. You have to have options. I call it the toolkit. When you go into fight, when you go into battle, you have to have different weapons. If one doesn't work and you've tried it, you have to go to something else. But you got to learn that you know, in your training. And I think it just the way he adapted was just beautiful. Pressure the yeah. pressure fighter. If you're getting hit with low kicks, you got to push that guy back because if they're moving backwards, they can't kick you anymore. So good strategy, beautiful.
0: Yeah, and, and it looked like Marais just got tired. I asked him after the fight, you know, why did you get so tired? What do you, what do you think was happened? Was it an adrenaline dump? And he was like, No, I don't. He's like, I basically, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. You know what it was for him? He threw everything with power. And, I mean, the more advanced you get in stand-up striking, you realize that you can't throw everything with power. Even the low kicks, some some of them are light. You have set-up ones. Some of them are finished ones. So you have to be able to change the intensity in your strikes. So some some set-up things, you don't want to just punch off the guard. And a lot of those low kicks he was throwing, he was like literally punting as hard as he could and missing. I mean, he was, and that takes a lot of energy. So he has to learn to kind of set things up a little bit better. That's why you put your punches behind the low kicks. But I mean that—that's energy, and he's huge for the weight class too. He is. He's very big, massive. Henry said that he had heard from somebody
0: that um, Marias was one fifty-seven going to that fight. I can Henry see was one fifty, so okay. it wasn't a crazy discrepancy. One fifty—that's
1: fifteen pounds. Yeah, yeah. So not too bad. That's about average, but for uh, Mariah's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty big. still twenty. Was that that's 22, twenty-two pounds? pounds. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a big. Especially on a smaller frame, if you're like a light heavyweight putting on yeah. twenty pounds, you're like all right, I can see that. But man, that's yeah, that's big. That's quite a big difference. So with Morais,
0: it kind of reminds you of Francis Ngannou. And hear me out; I know we're talking about opposite sides of the spectrum, but guys that have a penchant for finishing people quickly, or you have a couple wins in a row where you finish people quickly. I think there's something in your head. That makes you think that that's how you're going to finish all of your fights because you're having such success Absolutely. at it. Yeah. And I think that might have been one of the problems for him when he wasn't able to get Zahudo out of there early. He just burnt out. Yeah. yeah he big, couldn't even make it out of the last I think 20 seconds point. of that third round yeah. because, uh, you know, Henry had him on the ground. He was hitting him. And if he would have just survived another nine seconds, you go into the fourth round.
1: Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, even as a fighter, the confidence you get, like, when you just knocked someone out, then you're going into your next fight. You just remember how that knockout felt. And it got to the point even in my career where if I didn't get a knockout, I'd be upset. I'd be so angry. I'm like, ah, you win, but you just don't feel good. You want that, you want that knockout. So, I mean, once you get that itch and that bug to be able to finish someone, like, it's, it's addicting, man. That's why you're hooked.
0: You should have seen Tatiana Suarez backstage she was devastated like she she had won the fight 29-28 on all yeah, cards yeah. and had a very dominant two rounds but you could tell like that's how you know she's going to be a winner you know how she that, that she's going to be championship material when when you're your own worst critic and you're that upset after you've won a fight like that's pretty yeah. intense
1: yeah she just wasn't happy that she didn't get the finish is that she what was it just,
0: was no it was it was just a matter of like she Expects to dominate every fight. Yeah. she doesn't want to ever get in, into any trouble And she suffer, she had a stinger in the first round
1: and that's what and her arm, arm couldn't move And
0: hey. that's what why she wasn't able to really wrestle throughout, you know a lot more of that fight
1: But she came out saying she had neck problems, right? She's having she's neck had issues. neck problems in
0: the past Yeah, but she basically said she ha- she suffered a stinger in the first round and that that basically completely went took numb. her wrestling out of the mix and without her wrestling, it's like if you took Khabib's wrestling out of the mix. If you yeah. take like their, their most polished weapon, yeah, yeah, they have to figure out a way to survive and adapt. And for her, you know, she almost got put out in the third round. You know, uh, Ansarov was was t- teeing off on her. If that's a bigger weight class, probably gets taken out. Yeah, but uh, she was just devastated afterwards backstage because she expects so much more of herself yeah. than than a fair. unanimous decision.
1: Yeah, fair nay. You know what I mean? You that's like you said. That's the mentality that you need to become a champion. Never be complacent. But there, a lot of reporters are saying um, her wrestling is in the women's as Khabib is in the men's. Is that is that how good it is? I, I
0: think it is. And I th- a lot of people now after this are like, "Oh, Andrade will kill her." Oh, she, you know her. How could they compare her to Khabib? Her wrestling is like if you if you look at how many strikes Ansarov landed against her. It was more than all of her previous opponents combined because all Suarez was able to do is just completely neutralize people. Like she she was before going into this fight was absorbing less than one strike per minute. One significant strike per minute, wow. which is unbelievable. Yeah, that's crazy. So her wrestling it, and the other thing about her wrestling is women's MMA is still pretty early in its development mm-hmm. compared to men's MMA. If you think of how many years men's MMA has been around versus women's MMA at a high level. So a lot of these um you know, a lot of the women aren't great in certain areas. Like, if if you can be really good, like look at how long Ronda Rousey was able to be dominant for because of her judo and submissions. Yeah, submissions. submissions yeah. You know, um, and now you look at um, Andraj and her her striking, her ability to strike, and and her ability to get some takedowns. People are getting a little bit more well rounded. But Suarez has been wrestling from from such a young age that her wrestling is going to be light years ahead of everybody ahead of a... else's. Just like mm-hmm. guys like Khabib, like how his wrestling. He hasn't had any trouble taking anybody down.
1: Yeah, it's, it, yeah. Like you're probably right. It's probably a few years behind, definitely, because you've seen early UFC, besides the Hoist Gracie, it was the striker, right, that was doing a lot of the, the success, I would say.
0: Yeah, until they got into those grappling situations. Yeah,
1: until, like, what, a couple years ago when the wrestlers started to dominate. Yeah. But So, I mean, the women's now are starting to get into that little transition point where, I mean, it's... Because I mean, you would probably say the best women are strikers, right? Yeah. Of all the yeah, women. Yeah, of course. I mean, you got cyborgs. You don't have great grapplers. You just, no, so you're right. They're getting it's... subs. Like but Claudia to...
0: Gedalia might be the best out of all of but
1: them. But if you look like, to me, Suarez looks a lot bigger than like an Andrade she is. is.
0: She is big. She's she's probably like 5'8". And um, she walks around public. And Andrade
1: is what? Like 5'2", five 5'3"? Five yeah. And
0: Andrade used to fight at 135, oh, which man. is the crazy thing. Yeah, Suarez looks big. big.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I think that could be a big factor, especially if they're wrestling.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, and and then when you get on top control and you're that much bigger, yeah. it's easier to keep them down, and that's what she's been so good at. Yeah, yeah. So she did for those first two rounds.
1: I mean, but the taller, like when Thug Rose, like her movement was incredible. Like that's how you have to fight someone like a, like an Andraj. But yeah, I'm excited for it. Regardless, now I'm excited for it.
0: And when you look up and down the divisions, especially the men's divisions, you have Henry now at flyweight and bantamweight, mm-hmm. elite wrestler. You have, um, at uh, lightweight, you got Khabib, elite wrestler. At welterweight, you got Kamaru Usman, in terms of MMA, elite wrestler. Uh, you got Jones, a light heavyweight. You got Cormier at heavyweight, like elite wrestlers. Yep. I mean, you do have Holloway and um, Whitaker, of course, and they're more striking base fighters. But if you even look at their challengers, like Edgar's a fantastic wrestler. Yep. And uh, then you look at Yoel Romero, fantastic wrestler. Weidman, who was there for a while, fantastic wrestler. So that wrestling base, it can't be understated how important it is if you are an elite wrestler practitioner yep. at that one thing.
1: Yeah, at that highest level. Like you said, the champs have it. So, I mean, I think it's, it's changed. And the crazy thing about Henry it's is he barely used base. it. He's yeah. barely.
0: Even, even in his earlier fights, like, there were times where he used it. I remember he used it. Uh, who did he fight in Detroit? Was it Sergio Pettis, maybe? Yeah, I think it was against Sergio Pettis. He, that, he, he knew to, to wrestle. And he wanted to wrestle Morais, but because he got injured before the fight... He wasn't yeah. able to, to do it. And, and that
1: injury was crazy, too. Is at the, the warm-up room at yeah, the hotel. The, the,
0: the, it was poorly taped down, and he rolled yeah. his ankle. Jeez. He was in a wheelchair after the fight. Like I had, I, if you saw my one-on-one with him, I was sitting in a chair next to him because he was because in a wheelchair. He,
1: oh, man. Yeah.
0: No bueno. No, no <laughs> bueno.
1: That's frustrating. To, 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 like, to go into a fight knowing you just hurt your ankle that yeah. way, that's brutal. And he,
0: he said in the scrum that he had uh, hurt his right knee, and it was his left ankle. So he was trying to, to try to play a yeah, game. Misdirect, yeah. cause you know, come up with some misdirection. But uh didn't, didn't matter really, and he basically ended up beating Morais at his own game. I, I will never doubt Henry Suhudo again. I know Dana yeah. White said afterwards he's never gonna doubt Henry Suhudo again. Wins over Marice, DJ, and TJ in,
1: yeah.
0: in his last three fights. That's pretty unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think um the thing that puts him off is that It's who, like I mean, those are three huge names. But then when you compare it to like the GSP names, the John Jones names, the the DC names, it's it's just tough to to see to to justify if he's that pound for pound, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: Now the other question is, he you know he was saying on Ariel's show, I I'll give him back the belts if they don't pay me. I want to be paid. Yeah. But what fights are that marketable with him? The only ones I can really think of are Dominic Cruz. I think TJ at 135 in a year and a half might be of interest. Yeah, but I mean, Joe Benavides—I I don't know how much money that would bring in, but you know, Benavides those aren't money him. fights. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Cruz versus Cejudo is an interesting fight, but yeah. I'm sure—I'm not sure if it's a money fight.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think I just looked. Um, I think he made about 440,000 Cejudo. Yeah, that's with his bonus, I believe. And he was very, and he with a 50,000 bonus, right?
0: Yeah. I don't think it's disclosed in Illinois. And I think somebody kind of guessed those numbers. Okay. Because I, like, I saw
1: an Instagram post that had all of the fighters and their pay. Yeah, I don't think pay. Illinois
0: discloses it. Hmm. So I don't know. That might just be a number. I saw there was a website that said maybe based on his last pay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And he he's looking for a new contract, but he was saying he wants to he chose the world's words very carefully. Did you hear him on Hellwani show?
1: I, I listened to it. Because
0: yeah. If Frankie Edgar wins, oh yes, I want to yes. go for one forty five. Basically,
1: the perfect match.
0: But he didn't mention Holloway. He yeah. didn't say no, if Holloway. No. If Max wins, I want to fight. Max. Does it make
1: sense? Smaller guy, right? Yeah. Edgar's honestly probably a perfect matchup for him mm-hmm. to be that champ, 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 but, champ.
0: <laughs> but I don't know if I like that though. Yeah. Because why not say I, I'm? Why not chase Holloway? Yeah, yeah. That's what TJ—remember TJ was saying that before? He fought Henry. He was like, I want to go up to 45 next. Well,
1: I kind of think that's what Conor McGregor's doing. I think he hopes maybe that Poirier wins, and then that maybe that's his clear way to another shot. I know he's calling Khabib, but let's, like we said many times on the show. He's not going to beat Khabib. So, I mean, he probably hopes and prays that, you know, that Poirier gets the win and he can come back, steal that belt, and ride off again.
0: I mean, after Ferguson beat uh, Cerrone this past weekend— there's no fight I'd rather see than Khabib and Ferguson. Like, if if yeah. you if you yep. say you can have watch one fight right now, any two fighters that are in the same weight class, who would they be? Like that. That's gotta. be. I'm it.
1: gonna be honest. I'm gonna say it out now. I, I, I wasn't overly impressed with Ferguson or Cowboy. Okay. I I don't I don't I don't value it. I don't. I haven't put okay his record the seven years unbeaten, twelve in a row wins. Great. I don't see a world class striker in him. I don't see he gets hit a lot. He was put in bad situations. I think Cerrone is way past his time as a striker. He keeps his head so tall, chin really high. I mean, I think if you're the top in this division, you got to put Cerrone out, man. But I, don't like,
0: think, I don't think Tony's striking acumen is what makes him so dangerous for Khabib.
1: It's just he's exciting. I wouldn't say he's a phenomenal technician or like I wouldn't say he's, I don't. I don't know. I don't see it in him the way people are looking at him as this future, like, champ or, or star. I don't see it.
0: I think he at least deserves a title shot. Oh, he something. deserves it 100%, but I don't <laughs> I don't see don't know it as a shot against I me don't either. see
1: it. No, I just don't see him as being a spectacular um, fighter. I think he's great. I think he's good. I think he's, you know, one of the the best in the lightweight divisions. Me, personally, I just don't see it. Like, I, I said the same thing with guys like Nick Diaz. I'm like, ah, I don't see it. I I'm that kind of guy. Like, I need to kind of fight that style to respect it or not. That's the same thing I say with Nick Diaz. I mean, they're great. They'll dominate. They're very popular in the sport. I just don't see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Ferguson, the thing that impresses me the most is how good he is off his back. Yeah. And I think that's what would—and we didn't exhibit it in this fight at all. Yeah. But I think that's what would give Khabib nightmares. I think he'd be—basically, his whole training camp would be around crazy stuff off bottom. Yeah. And he's Weird so good scrambles at scrambles exactly. and— yeah. Submissions, yeah. all yeah. that. That
1: would be a great fight. like it. I like it. So what's your fight then?
0: You want to see like, Jones versus Cormier at heavyweight? Like did, Something what, like that. What's your dream But fight? I
1: actually like the point, before we get on to that, I like the point that I think Chael Sonnen made. He's like, if Jones no longer, okay, we, we put Jones as pound for pound, one of the best to do it. If he doesn't go up to heavyweight and get the belt now, does that kind of put him in question? Because now everybody seems to have that champ champ now to be the pound for pound, right? Does I don't that, know. Does I don't that know. make it?
0: It's a great question because... And you're basically, made me think. You're basically going divisional dominance versus multi- winning in multiple weight classes. And when you really think of the best guys, like a GSP did it. He went up he did the middleweight. Yeah. I mean, he kind of handpicked his opponent well, and all so that. Hudo now. so Hudo now. now. I mean, Nunez, DJ refused to do it. Nunez, DC. Yeah, DC.
1: So did does it. that Nunez, question yeah. it? You know what I mean? Does that question his pound-for-pound pound status? I mean, it doesn't to me. Yeah, it doesn't to me either. But, but I think that I would like that's to see. a question.
0: Him. I would love to see him face
1: Francis Nganu. Like that that's But do you think he can do well? I don't think his body frame. What does what John Jones do naturally walk around? 235. Think? And someone that cuts to like 265. Yeah. That's a big difference, yeah. you know. He might not be able to do that and that might question but his But he'll also
0: have some advantages against a person that cuts to 265. He'll be yeah. a lot faster. I think his takedowns will be hard for them to stuff because of how quickly he'll be able to enter. Yeah. I think on the feet, he might have some problems against the Francis Naganu. There's a big difference between getting hit by you know Alexander Gustafsson and Francis Naganu.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I don't know. I, I would have loved to see him go up to heavyweight to face, you know, if DC's able to beat Stipe. I think if DC loses to Stipe, he'll retire. There's just no reason for him to stick around. Yeah, I agree. But I think that if DC beats Stipe again...
1: We see Johns move up.
0: DC wants to move down to fight Jones because he doesn't want people to be like, oh, he had to face him at heavyweight to beat him.
1: But yeah. I, I would rather see Jones move up. But it also, for DC, if he's like, ah, I lost three times in the, in the light heavyweight, yeah. eh, I'm fine, I still was the heavyweight yeah, champ. Now, tough. if Jones beats him in the heavyweight, he took all of DC's mm-hmm. credit, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I see. If I was DC, about, it should be light heavyweight. The other
0: thing about that, though, is that like, styles do make fights. Yeah. I don't think that... Like the, you can still be a fan, like one of the greatest of all time if you can't beat one fighter that's also the greatest of all time if their style is better you know is more suited to beating you. Yeah. But that's why I want to see a Jones versus like a Francis again, like an elite heavyweight striker. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I would like that. That would be one I of my. I want to see tops. Jones get challenged,
0: but that right would now, be Jones one of my top. Jones and middleweights.
1: Jones and Jones and heavyweight would be one of my go-to's, but yeah. I would rather see Khabib GSP than, yeah, than Ferguson. Yeah, that's a good one too. It's a very I'd rather good one. see uh, GSP and Khabib over Ferguson Khabib. Mm-hmm.
0: That's fair. I'd like to see Connor versus Gaethje. That would be a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, if yeah. just If we're just putting things together, yeah, why right? not?
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Someone like Pettis. If if, if Pettis, he, everybody wants Pettis now because of his exciting style fights. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a fun match for Connor too.
0: But I would love to see also is like Nate Diaz versus Gaethje. Like, yeah, <laughs> that would be something. Awesome.
1: Yeah, that'd be not? fun. We need matchmaking. We need some of those kind of fights. And I mean, I think a, guy, a lot of guys are are more up for it now. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's yeah, have some fun. I think the fun. UFC
0: has kind of bred that; has bred people to think about the big picture, yeah. think about multi. This multiple is what I'm kind of hoping
1: it happens in kickboxing a little bit more. We need a little bit more jumping, a little bit more fun. Yeah, I think guys, especially from the the young level, it's such a weight is such a big issue with fights, and I'm going to tell you, there's. It happens all the time when you're negotiating. There's money negotiation and there's weight negotiation. One gym will say, okay, I want it at 170. The other one's like 165. No, in boxing, no, no, too. no, no, no. That five pounds too much, let's meet in the middle, 162. Okay, well, let's go 163. <laughs> like, come on, guys, like half a pound, a pound. Like, Are you it, it, about it, in boxing? No, in kickboxing, and MMA, also, okay. in any fight sports, it'll come down to a pound. They're so occupied with that weight and that number that it just goes back and forth over a pound. If you're good and you're talented and you got the skill, a pound or two shouldn't really matter at that weight, but it's a thing.
0: That's why Mayweather had to fight heavy against
1: the... Yeah, and it James happens Connor. well in boxing, right? Because the weight classes are so so much yeah, smaller together, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it doesn't happen that much in the UFC because the, the weight classes are so far apart. Like yeah. you know, the, you basically have to condition yourself to be at 155 pounds to be at 170 pounds. But again,
1: if you're not ranked, who, who, what says like, hey, Aaron, let's meet at a catch weight. I don't, yeah. I, don't th- I don't, think that's bad either.
0: Yeah, but the UFC I think holds that against people in terms of contendership, which is yeah. the problem. But if you're
1: not in the top ten, that's what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. for con- sure you know, going for a that. title anyways.
0: And I think that they should look at that
1: more often for the sake of health. Yeah, safety. That's what I'm saying. Not for anything else but safety. Yeah. And probably the quality of the fight that you're going to get. You'll probably get a better fight if guys don't have to suck an extra five pounds out of themselves. And this was specifically it makes sense in the uh, women's divisions, especially when you look at Valentina
0: Shevchenko Yeah, beating Jessica I I don't know who's going to challenge Shevchenko at 125. Yeah. I think man. Liz Carmouche might be her toughest fight, and she'd probably be a 9-to-1 favorite yeah. over Liz Carmouche.
1: That setup, man, again, being a kicker, man, whew, loved it she left she left loved her feet it. there's pictures of her with both for feet that in head the air. Kick. For that kick oh yeah she just launched she Oof. trains remember she trains a lot in thailand she yeah. spends a lot of time at uh, tiger muay thai in uh phuket thailand i have a lot of friends out there and man she trains she I, I really like her style of of training. Like I find that like her and her sister and her coach, they just go to different countries. They travel a little bit, so they make a lifestyle around training and and different gyms and learning different aspects. And I think it's cool because it can be. Become really complacent just to be in one city all the time. So she gets the vacation mixed with train because it's a lifetime. And she thing travels for with her, her sister right? and they have such yeah, a good time. I think that's awesome. Lifelong trainer. Yeah, I think it, I think it's phenomenal the way they do
0: it. I had a nice conversation with her trainer backstage uh, after she won. I was about to interview Valentina and he looks at me and goes, can you hold on one minute? I go, okay. I go, he goes, I've got the president of Kyrgyzstan on the phone. <laughs> yeah, for you? <laughs> no, for her. Oh, okay. So I, I had to like... I thought he was translating for yeah, you. I was so like, I yeah. had to basically like take wait wait three minutes while That's she spoke to the
1: president of Kyrgyzstan. I think you should have put your foot down. And said, no, Listen, I'm, I'm I sorry. am more important. Yeah. I got somewhere to be. Yeah, let's go. But uh, yeah, she looked incredible. And I just like her... Her demeanor, her personality, her little dance at the end, mm-hmm. it's different. She's unique, you know? And it's, it's nice to have unique fighters do well. And
0: she's very humble, too. Yeah, like for she, sure. She she's has a, a lot artist. of faith in her skills. Oh, yeah, but, she's incredible. Yeah, but she's like, you know, I, I said, like, is there anybody that's going to be able to even challenge you in this division? She's like, all of them are. There are no. Yeah. Everybody goes into a fight thinking that they're, you know, giving their best and thinking that they're going to win. And uh, that's the mentality that I have to
1: have. Yeah, but even, like, her weigh-in, like, her pose, her muscle strong, mm-hmm. yeah. superwoman pose and her... I know. I, I think she's a great champion, and I mean, someone like uh, uh, Rose I Namajunas, mean, you know, she stood uh, stood out to me as a champion. And now Valentina's really um, grown on me. I think in her last few fights, she's really grown on me as a, as an athlete.
0: I think whoever ends up being the strawweight champion, is, people are going to start talking about them versus Valentina. Like if it's a Suarez, yeah, or, she's going to have to, yeah. But I, but you say she's going to have to. But she fought Joanna last time. Let's yeah. keep in mind, right? So Joanna was the one fifteen queen, mm-hmm. and now she moved up to face Shevchenko, and Shevchenko blew her out of the water. And Joanna is one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just don't know who's going to challenge her. It's
1: good. And good I think that Suarez, to have.
0: I think Suarez is an, an elite wrestler, but Shevchenko's grappling is really good too.
1: Yeah, she's well rounded. She's and so well rounded. Yeah, I just don't know see how.
0: Like, I don't know, if you look at the strength discrepancy, how Suarez is going to be able to, over five rounds, continuously take Shevchenko down and, and dominate her.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I felt so bad for Jessica, I'm not yeah. going to lie. That was nasty, and she was out for a while, too.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible that Jessica, basically she turned her whole life around before this camp. She went and started training, moved to Las Vegas, started training with a whole new team. This was after she'd earned the title shot. Mm. So it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that yeah. she basically was willing to take that risk and uh, unfortunately didn't pay off for her, but I don't think that the expectation was super high in the first place. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what she could have done to win that fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're just outclassed in every aspect. You just go and fight. Show yeah. your heart, show your will, and go. Put a good performance on. I mean, you have a chance to fight for a world title. Yeah,
0: You go. And I think she did. And, and I
1: mean, I can bring it know. up now because I think this is a good example of um, Steve Rolls versus Triple G quickly, mm-hmm. right? That's an opportunity where you go in to lose, but... And then there's Steve Rolls, you know, he ended up getting knocked mm-hmm. out in the fourth round, but yeah. he still had to do what he had to do. And
0: people said that he was doing well early. I haven't In the second round,
1: it. yeah. He cracked uh, triple G pretty good in the second round with go. a one two one, snapped his head back and then um just couldn't put it together. Triple G he shelled him up a lot, but just it's an opportunity to fight for a world title. This is your life, this is what you've trained every day for you dream. of. So you go and you do it.
0: I was hoping Steve would have won so I would I could convince you to try to get a fight with Triple G.
1: Yeah, I, know, I would love that. <laughs> I, I would love triple G. I would just, I would still take it just because yeah. it's triple G. I'd be a lot bigger. He'd have to move up like ten weight classes yeah. now to fight me. But what's he
0: What's he at? He's at like one sixty something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not gonna
1: fly. I'm you know, waking up like two hundred now. Not gonna work. Yeah, <laughs> that's not gonna
0: work. Sorry. <laughs> well, he
1: should. Well, with my O and boxing yeah, record, I think he can, that
0: maybe he'll move up to one eighty or something. Yeah.
1: Nah. me. Yeah. One eighty-five. Maybe One eighty-five. Okay. Fine. Depending when the fight is.
0: That would be uh that would be interesting. I'd w- I'd watch that. I think a lot of people would watch. Yeah, that, I'd hope so. But I don't think you want to do that. I no, don't, I just don't think that. I don't think that deep down you would want to take that
1: fight. No. I, I if, mean, if i if, 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 if I'm, if they want to pay me triple G's money, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll take ten yeah, million much, dollars. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Ten did, million what dollars. What is going to get paid? Do you think? I don't, know.
0: I don't know. I'm sure it's where. Where did that fight happen? Uh, MSG. Yeah. So that will be the uh, public information.
1: I would probably. I, I would guess. hundred well, k.
0: You're going to guess 100K? 100,
1: okay. 100K. I'm going to I'm going to go 300.
0: G- I'm going to go 300K. Wow, that's a lot. Let's see. Steve Rolls.
1: But Triple G at least made 10 purse. mil.
0: Oh, yeah. Triple G made a lot more
1: money. Yeah, because of his uh, DAZN contract.
0: Golovkin's purse was close to 15 million.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to fight any. I'll, I'll fight Francis Let's Nagano see. tomorrow for 15 million. His
0: purse was listed at 2 million, but Dan, Dan Rafel says 15 million is the more likely figure that he ended up getting, but uh, I don't know. It. I'm trying to find, figure out what Rolls's uh, purse was, because that sh- yeah, there should be public information. Because
1: I don't think they really pay much for those uh, for the contenders like that.
0: Out the hero. although none of the purses are official yet. Let's see what it says here.
1: It's still, hundred thousand dollars is great. Yeah. Oh yeah. For That's sure. That's a phenomenal purse. I mean,
0: they just showed that uh, you- Alvarez Canelo Alvarez is one of the top five uh paid athletes in the world now because of that crazy yeah. deal. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It doesn't say here how how much a roles made, but uh we'll figure it out at some point. Um what else do we have this weekend? So uh we we had uh we spoke about Ferguson and Cerrone Um What about Rory McDonald? He's coming on the show a little bit later on. Uh, you uh you heard the interview that uh that we just did. So uh, why don't we throw to that interview, and then uh, you and I can discuss that uh, right afterwards. Here's uh, Rory McDonald joining us on the TSN MMA show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to introduce this week's guest.
0: I'm now joined by Rory McDonald. He'll be facing off against Neiman Gracie. It's the semifinals of the Welterweight Grand Prix, Madison Square Garden, this weekend on the Zone. Rory, how are you?
2: I'm doing good, thank you.
0: It's great to have you on. You know, last time we spoke, you were here in Toronto at our studios. Uh, we, we had a pretty deep conversation, and uh, it seems like oh. the conversations you've been having of late have been deep conversations. But I want to start off by asking you, um, when we last spoke, you had a lot of trouble rationalizing uh, the idea of being a man of God and being a, a cage fighter. Have you been able to, to narrow that gap a little bit since uh, your, your last uh, bout against John Fitch?
2: Yeah, sure. Um a week after I got some clarity um, on the situation of just really spending some time thinking and praying about it. So I, I don't feel the conviction about my sports. Uh, you know, I feel that it's two trained guys that uh, are competing at the highest level in our sport. And uh, it's, it's given me, God has given me a huge platform and a skill to, you know, reach many people, and to uh, you know, witness or give my testimony uh, of uh, of what God has done in my life.
0: Did you seek uh, any clarity from anybody in particular that that helped you along?
2: Uh, my wife, um, I'd say my pastor, but most of all, just uh, just being in prayer with the Lord and and just getting clarity in my own mind and. On the situation.
0: So, what clarity did you find? What what what's your approach going into uh, this one compared to the last told, one?
2: Uh, just just what I told you right before.
0: So, just to kind of let go of the idea of of um, having to hurt another individual and thinking of it from a sporting standpoint, and and you know the the gifts that you've been given as an athlete.
2: Exactly. So, you know, in my past career, I've you know I've, I've had I've had moments where um, I've competed as a sport, but the, the broad majority of my fighting career, it's, it's been, you know, uh, a release for me from, you know, uh from just, like, inner torment and things in my past where I feel uh that I get to put all that out there against somebody else. But now I have a new purpose as, you know, uh, as a, a new believer in the Lord, and uh, you know, a new life that He's given me, so it's also given me new purpose in the sport that uh, you know that I love to do. Do you
0: think that you can continue to have that same kind of release, but from more of a, a joyful perspective of having the joy of being able to do something in in the capacity that you're able to do it?
2: Yeah, sure. So training's been a little more fun. So I, I'm I'm assuming, uh, I'm assuming that. The fight should uh, should feel the same way.
0: You've uh, you're turning this around uh, pretty quickly uh, since you last fought John Fish. Yeah. That was in April, so it's been like a, m- a month and a half. Um, in that time, yeah. um, has it been harder for you to prepare for this fight because you've also had to deal with th- that other aspect of things that we discussed earlier and in- trying to seek that kind of clarity? Or has has it been helpful that you've been able to confront the problem head on right away?
2: Yeah, no, that. That, that was hasn't been an issue uh it's more so the injuries that I sustain having to battle through those and just some you know just like physical health things that you have to push through uh, when you're fighting so close together, full training camps back to back, cutting weight back to back so just dealing with with that has been a bigger struggle.
0: How long has this camp been in terms of the full preparation for this particular fight. Like it, it has it been like a little you know, maybe three weeks of rest and then the rest has been
2: the camp? Yeah, pretty much. Uh I I had uh I had some time off to recover some injuries and then I pretty much had to get back into it and uh, yeah. I, I I mean I I yeah, got yeah, a few weeks off basically and then back into it.
0: Is the key against Neiman Gracie to to keep this fight standing, to not go to the ground? Or do you feel like you're comfortable anywhere that this fight goes?
2: No, I I definitely would like to keep this fight kickboxing. I think I have a a big advantage there. So I'd like to keep it there. If it does go to the ground, um, I don't feel like I'm a fish out of water by any means. But I know that's where he's strongest, so... I'd like to just uh, not give him a chance to play his game.
0: Does the focus feel a little bit different at this stage of fight week right now versus where you were at at this stage of fight week last time around? Do you feel a, a different focus?
2: I feel like uh, I'm excited for the weekend and to just have all of this fight stuff behind me because it's just been so back-to-back and all the, all the pressure of two, two fights so close together. Um, it's gonna, it's, but at the same time, it's, I still feel like there's momentum from the last one. So, uh, it feels like I just like, i am it's not like foreign to me, you know, like I, nothing's changed, you know, because, uh, there's no ring rust at all. It just feels like I was just in there, you know, I'm just like repeating the steps.
0: Uh, yeah, obviously two very different types of fighters, which has been the kind of the cool thing about this tournament is you've had uh, elite strikers uh, like Michael Page. Um, you've got elite wrestlers like John Fitch, and now you've got an elite uh, grappler like Neiman Gracie. And then there's been the well-rounded guys like uh, Lima, who's now going to be in the finals, and potentially yourself, a very, very well-rounded fighter. Um, you've already beaten Lima. Um, is, is that a matchup that you look forward to knowing that? Do you feel like you have that in your back pocket?
2: Sh- sorry, I'm looking forward to to the fight with Lima.
0: If you were if you were to get past Neiman,
2: um, do you do you yeah. feel like
0: you have a bit of an advantage over Lima, given that you've beaten him in the past?
2: Oh yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think it's a different fight now. I think he's improved. I think he's more hungry, and he's not as intimidated as he was when we first first uh, fought, faced each other. I think he's a little more confident now, and he's going to bring a new edge to the to a, to our next fight. Um, so I have to be prepared for that, but I do feel that I have what it takes to beat him again.
0: Has Bellator provided a timetable for when that fight would happen?
2: No, not yet. If it were up to you, when would you like it to happen? The end of the year.
0: And that would give you time to enjoy the rest of the summer, relax, recuperate, you know, rehab your injuries, etc.?
2: Well, yeah, that and the fact that I have a son born being born uh, at the beginning of August. So, um, you know, I'd like to enjoy the fr- a couple months with him and, you know, me and my wife, uh, to, you know, just kind of get our heads around that and, and then we'll have time to go into training camp. But my wife's a huge part of my training camps and my wife So, I need her by my side, you know the way we do things the way th- we have things organized in my life, so um, gonna need some time to kind of in- and just have the baby and get all settled and and refocus after that. So.
0: well, you're a cage fighter I-, I don't need to tell you when things are difficult, but going from one kid to two kids is the whole other ball game. It's very difficult,
2: yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess so. Yeah. Get, I'll,
0: I'll after it after this fight, describe. that's the that's the next battle. Is getting pepped for that because going from one to two, you don't have that time where one of you can go off and read a book, you know, and and the other one will, you know, you got to divide and conquer.
2: Right. That's what I've heard.
0: But I imagine you're looking forward to it. Uh, having a son is uh, probably a dream come true.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. So it'll be another relief just uh, to get through uh, this fight week and. And then uh, I could just really focus on on you know my son on the way.
0: Excellent. Well, Rory, it's always great catching up with you. A lot to look forward to in your life, and uh, we all look forward to seeing you perform this Saturday uh, against uh, Neiman Gracie in the finals or semifinals. A lot.
2: I'm talking with you.
0: That was Rory McDonald talking about his upcoming fight this weekend with Neiman Gracie. Uh, you can catch that on the Zone. It's uh, Bellator at Madison Square Garden, taking advantage of the rare. Off week for the UFC
1: yeah it's a nice little break to kind of catch up I mean and uh kind of let it things sit in just so it was honestly I love it that there's fights every week but I like the little off breaks and it gives you a chance to watch the the other shows as well because there's boxing if you're a fight fan you're watching boxing every day you're there's UFC then there's now now there's PFL PFL <laughs> glory everybody should be watching as well mm-hmm. so um yeah I mean good It's nice to have that break. We appreciate it more when it's on.
0: What did you take from that interview with Rory? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how he's going to be able to, in that short amount of time, change his entire mindset.
1: (sighs) I don't know. Uh, Honestly, fight camp. Regardless, I think you lie to yourself a lot. You have to, as a fighter, you lie to yourself a lot. There's been many times of like fight week camps for me where I have to lie to myself. I feel great. I'm like, well, meanwhile I can't get off a couch. I'm so sore and tired or getting sick. So you have you have to tell yourself that you're over it. You have to tell yourself that, that in order to perform. So I think he's doing the right steps. And I mean, a lot of people, you know, oh, you got to see that sports psychologist, but you have to kind of tuck that away for now. You got business to do. So I think that's where his mindset is. Just keep telling himself that he's over it, and then eventually you might get over it.
0: Have you ever had any mental blocks going into a fight, anything that was going on, whether it was lingering injury or anything in your personal life?
1: I, I had a lot. Honestly, with personal life, it actually excelled. Um, two of my biggest fights happened when, uh, with breakups, with relationships. And then that kind of fueled me to like want to get angry and want to fight more. So that kind of helped me. Um, but I've, there's been many times where I'm just so fatigued from weight cutting at the end of the camps where you're so exhausted. Remember, I worked as a school teacher too. So I'd go to work so exhausted and, and then have to train. So a lot of it was telling myself that I'm fine. All right, there's kids, we're watching a movie today. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> lying to myself. That's what I'm saying. I understand what Rory's saying. I lie to myself a lot. Oh, you know, I'm not nervous. I'm great. I feel good. And then if you keep telling yourself you're not nervous, you won't be nervous.
2: It, it works know? that way.
1: Yeah, you have to. You have to. Like Even though like, there's been times, I'm telling you, where my my legs are so fatigued on Sundays where I can't get out. And I'll, I'll stand up and be like, man, how am I supposed to fight in a week? I'm supposed to fight someone with 100 professional fights in one week? Oh, I feel great. And you just tell yourself and you just keep moving on.
0: It's interesting how that works. I actually used to have chronic back pain. My back used to be killing me all the time. And I used to go to like chiropractor and yeah. you know for massages. I read a book called Healing Back Pain mm-hmm. by Dr. John Sarno that explains like, – the first part of it is basically like the largest bone in your body heals in like nine months if it breaks. It's like your femur or something. Okay. So why are people having back pain for like years? It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense from like a uh, like a biological standpoint. And then he explains that like your mind can like if if every time your back you feel a back pain, you tell your brain that it's like that it doesn't really hurt. It like eventually just like yeah. it just goes away, and yeah. it did. You take the. And focus I haven't had off back like I haven't had any sort of back pain since. All I did was read a book.
1: Yeah, I, I bet sometimes. I mean, if the vertebrae pressing on a nerve or oh something yeah, you like can that, have legitimate things. Yeah, you can have legitimate. Back but it's pain, a but big
0: thing. A lot of it is also based on stress and and uh, and anxiety and not, and right. not addressing. Um, like you basically carry that weight with you yeah. if you don't address those kind of issues.
1: I think they call it the the psychosomatic. Um, like mindset that you have, so your mind tells your body to do something, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you have to control that pathway.
3: Yeah, he it the huge. mind-body connection, yeah. Yeah, you have to,
1: yeah. I mean, good. I mean, uh, like, I mean, I find that a lot with fighters these days with concussions. Like, I mean, say you get a concussion in your last fight, and then you, you sit every day and you're, you, you say, do I have a headache? Do I have a headache? Then you create headaches a lot of times because you're sitting there waiting to see if you feel one or not. But that's where I think the biggest part of um, before we knew about concussions to now, where, like, before we knew, like, you'd, you'd fight, you'd have a headache, oh, you just have a headache. Then the next day you go train, you do on, you go on with life, and it's fine. But then you're like, oh, do I have post-concussion syndrome? Oh, do I still have headaches? So you sit there, and a lot of times you create your own headaches because of that.
0: Do you feel like you did that with yourself after your some points? Yeah, points, Yeah.
1: At some points, I would literally train, and right after training, I'm like, okay, do I get a headache this time? Am I better? Like, and then you sit there, like, oh, I do have a little headache. Oh, and then I start feeling my neck. I was like, oh, my neck hurts. And then you can create it. It's a big thing, and especially with fighting all the negative thoughts that come in your mind, you can create a lot of demons. Yeah,
0: and you yeah. had you had um like post. Uh, post-concussion syndrome for a while, right? Yeah, like You oh, yeah. had the, all the symptoms of, of that, and you had to sit in dark rooms yeah, and all that? Yeah, the dark
1: room, the light sensitivity, the sound, the loss of weight, the depression. I had that all. But, I mean, then afterwards, like, when I started training again, it was really more of, like, you can create them. Like, I mean, and I see that a lot with my fighters. Like, they'll even get hit once in a little bit of sparring, and then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I think I got a concussion. Like, I feel headaches all the time. I was like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but a lot of it's created. Mm-hmm. Or, like a and lot of it's is, created elsewhere, like can in your neck and your eyes.
0: Like, can it properly be diagnosed as like a.
1: I an think an if you concussion? do a baseline test before, you have to have baseline testing. And I think that's what they're doing with a lot of kids these days. So they'll take them through a whole motion test, memory test, you know, um, proprio reception tests and stuff. And then they kind of time it. Then they have a score. And then when you do it after, then that's how they compare them. If things are slower, if your eyes are moving differently, they have different tests. But. I mean, if if you go into anywhere and you'll say, "Uh, I have a headache, I hit my head, it's a concussion. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think you need to... uh, I think you should treat it regardless as a concussion. But what scares me is... I mean, people around me getting them. It's like they look at fighting as such a dangerous sport. When I had my my young nephew just had a concussion playing hockey. I have one of my young high school players uh, doing rugby where one of his uh, team players went to kick the ball out. And then the ball hit him in the head. So he he has to take off two months off of school now. The ball hit him in the head playing rugby. And he's been training kickboxing with me for like four years. Not once. And then he plays rugby and gets hurt. (laughs) Man, I'm telling you. Fighting is the safe thing. As long as you don't go into actual competition. Yeah,
0: didn't you say you got injured when you were playing, was it soccer or football or yeah, something? I yeah, I broke yeah.
1: my arm like three times playing soccer. Yeah. Not once with kickboxing. <laughs> See? I'm telling you. Well, the most you're, ex- danger- you're probably expecting
0: the impact, right? Like, well, yeah,
1: you know there's where it's coming from. Like in hockey, if I'm going to get a puck and I'm going towards the board and someone hits me from behind, yeah, you can't control your yourself. Back, yeah. that, that's where like other sports become more dangerous. Where in fighting, like the chances of me getting hit as you get good and you build up is is very rare. I mean that's why I think training could be done properly but um the damage is the fights. So do martial arts and just don't fight and you'll be safe.
0: So when we go back now uh to Rory Yeah. Do you th- do you think that he would be able to go get into this fight and and basically approach it as if it was one of his old fights where he yeah. didn't think about all of this stuff Absolutely. during a fight?
1: Absolutely. Do you think that
0: do you also think maybe that because he was fighting Fitch and he was on his back for a long duration of that fight that it gave him more time to think about that and, and those kind of thoughts. Maybe he
1: was probably frustrated. It was probably if you a look frustrating fight. You can fight. tell he's
0: thinking. He's like he's on his back. He's thinking. He's he knows. And, you know, but
1: he didn't dominate the fight, right? You, Fitch or no? Or Rory? Rory, yeah. So when you come out of a fight that people thought you lost, right? Because it was a draw, the yeah. fight, right? Mm-hmm. You don't feel good. So then, when you ask me and you ask me to be honest, like, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to fight. I just had a crap performance. I'm basically getting wooed. I didn't fight well. I'm like, well, why do I want to do this anymore? So it's probably a little bit of that, too. Not having a dominant performance, that yeah, sucks. And,
0: and you can give yourself an excuse as to why that happened.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he's like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to. And he's probably at home. He has his daughter, beautiful family. I mean, you don't think about killing, like, when he didn't have that family. Yeah,
0: he, he did talk a lot, even in this interview, about how it was a, such a release for him from, like, issues he had in his childhood and, like, yeah. hostility that he was holding. And now he's in, like, a really good place, and it's hard for him to find that same energy.
1: Yeah. It, it's hard because, as a fighter, you kind of need a messed-up mentality. And, I mean, you've seen the positive side of having kids in a family where Donald Cerrone, up until this last fight, was doing incredible Um, But I think you start thinking, you know, you start like, ah, you know, this guy has has kids at home, too. And I just hit him, and now he has a concussion going home. Like, can he take care of his family after? I mean, it always—I listened to it, and I think I brought it up here before. Mike Tyson had a laugh when he said his son wanted to box. And Mike Tyson said he had a good laugh, and he was like, (laughs) what are you going to do? You got everything given to you. You got money. You got—he's like, the real— Killer is the fighter, is the one who you know had to work for everything. It means more than life itself. I, I remember going into to my world title fight, and there's a moment if you rewatch my walk, and I paused just before the ring and I said to myself, I do not care what happens to me, I would rather die than leave that ring without being the champion. And in that moment, that was my real thought. I genuinely would have rather died in that ring than come out with that. And that button.
0: Was the Holtskin fight or the um, no, the, the Mark bon, yeah. but
1: even in the Holtskin fight, too, it was like. I'll 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 die in there. I'm willing to die oh, in there. That's why you
0: engage so much in that. That's, I don't
1: care. You know what I mean. And that's where like I fought someone like Kareem Gaji. I think it was my ninth professional fight, and he that was his 100th professional. He probably had 100 amateur too. That was my 17th fight, counting my 11 amateur. I had nothing, and then I just said, I'm like, he's not willing to die in there. I will, and I mean, I just fought that way, just going relentless, get hit, come forward. But that's the kind of killer you need. So when you lose that it kind it's kind of hard to get back.
0: Well, Henry Cejudo kind of said something similar to me before his fight this past weekend. I was talking to him about, you know, you're doing all this cringe Cejudo stuff and yeah, people are just... people are starting to dislike you. I go, "Why don't you just talk about where you came from? Like you, you you didn't have a bed to sleep on, your own bed to sleep on until you were at the Olympic training." Scene. Crazy. Like he was he they lived in a trailer with like his siblings and just his mom. Like just a crazy upbringing with like poverty, poverty, poverty. Yeah. And he never talks about that. And and he said, you know what? He goes, he goes. um, You talk about. He basically said, I'll I'll paraphrase to me. You think about that being so impressive. I'm actually more impressed by people that had a lot of stuff growing up that are able to do this and win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. That's what he said to me. He goes. He goes. I don't think my story is that impressive. I think it's more impressive if you have like you come from like a life of privilege and are able to become a champion.
1: You know who stands out with me? Because I remember Kenny Florian. Mm -hmm. I remember at that time you'd look at like. Oh, the poor Brazilian from uh, Curitiba. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, they got no money. You know, the young, hungry Thai kid... But then, like, I've always heard of um, Kenny Florian having a, an education. I think he had a university degree, could have been a doctor, came from nice, you know, uh, I don't know if he was wealthy or I not. I think his dad was a doctor. Yeah, something yeah. along like that. And then you're like, look what he did with yeah. that, and he just loved the sport. So, I mean, he was one of the people that kind of almost inspired me a little bit, being like, I can go to school. I can approach, you know, life in a smart way. And And it just, I think at that time, and I think Rich Franklin would have been another one. Those yeah, are the two, teacher, right? Because yeah. of the teacher aspect, and can still. So I think those two were some of the first to come out with that both sides of uh, of the world. Mm-hmm. For I
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, what else do we got here? So we got UFC in South Carolina coming up, not this weekend, but the weekend after, and um, we can make some picks. Do you want to do Bellator picks also? Do you have any interest from this week? Or, or um, you have... I can
1: look. Okay.
0: We can take We can take a peek. Um, I'll pull it. Do I'll pull up. On but my you phone.
1: right away said to me. Gracie and Rory McDonald was even money.
0: Yeah, it's along those lines.
1: Okay. I, I'm, I'm ready to get... I don't even have to look. I haven't even looked at the rest of the lines. I'll give it right away to Rory McDonald. He's
0: 150 now for Rory.
1: Hmm, I'd still probably take that.
0: Dylan Dennis is minus 725, but I have no idea who the guy uh, what is. What about the... Um, Gucci's an underdog against Caldwell.
1: And he's supposed to be the next big well, thing, is
0: beat Caldwell in Japan.
1: Hmm. What so, about uh, P- uh, PK? is it? Marco Piquet? No Marco Piquet, That's a more Thai fighter. This is what's that young kid's name?
0: Oh, Aaron Pico. Aaron There's no Pico line for him on, on this for for some reason. I think he's on the undercard. But too. Patrick Mix. He's making his debut. He's a good fighter. He's a, but he's against Ricky Bandejas. That's a good. Uh, these are good, these are interesting lines. But are you, you going to take Rory at minus one fifty?
1: Yeah, I don't mind that. I kind of you can't go against Rory. I think Gracie's only like nine and oh or something like that. New hasn't fought any one of Rory's credentials. Yeah, yeah so I sure. like it.
0: Well, I'll take uh, I'll take Horaguchi at plus one ten against Caldwell, that, that seems like a no-brainer to me. Horaguchi beat him last time. I know that it's not in Japan this time, but it wasn't like it was its decision last time. He choked him out last time. I'm going to go with Kyoji at plus 110. Cause we've got our Bellator picks.
1: What's the, what's the um, sun in line and Machida? Sunen's 240. Sunen is plus, okay. And
0: Machida's minus 300.
1: Yeah, if it was a little better, I would have went with Machida.
0: Yeah, I actually like Juan Archuleta, too, but it's minus 185, so... Uh, I'd have to parlay him with somebody, but I'm not going to do that. I'll just I'll just go with Horaguchi. Yeah, or I could parlay Horaguchi and Archuleta if I want to really get crazy. I think Archuleta is going to beat Dantas. You know what? I'm going to do that. Let's take some. Let's let's get a little bit of extra moolah here.
1: Oh, there you go. I'm
0: going to go one Archuleta Horaguchi plus two twenty four. All right, let's do that. I'm playing safe. You can play it safe with Rory minus one fifty.
1: I was still hoping it was even money. You promised me even money, Aaron. Uh, well, I want well, even well, money. Changing started, the was, lines was on me. It was
0: minus one fifteen or minus yeah. one twenty earlier. That's funny. I, I guess people people it. are seeing the same thing you are.
1: Yep. I don't know.
0: And uh, have the line changed at all for this card? Can I get better value on the guy that I uh, that I was that I want to pick? No, it's the same. At least the guy I want to pick is the guy you want to pick. I'll give you whatever. I'll give you whatever the better line is. Uh, yeah, he went down, but I'll give I'll give you the one seventy that we have written down
1: okay, I'll take that
0: all right, so uh u f c in South carolina Greenville we'll preview this uh, I'll preview this one next week um and talk a little bit about some of the other fighters that are on this card a little bit lower down on the card you, you also do have uh Yair Rosenstruck on the card, you know you know uh, about him no, nope. he beat Break it down uh, he beat Ben Sadiq in kickboxing.
1: Really, let yeah. me see a picture of him. Not in, not definitely not, in not glory. glory. No, not in glory. I would have known that name. <laughs> yeah, he's. I've called that your glory fight. Yeah, he. Can't yeah, I don't think he me. fought in
0: glory. Jai Rosen. Uh,
1: where would uh, Sadiq have fought him? Probably one of those European leagues. Yeah, I
0: think it was. Yeah, I think Rosenstruck is South African, if I'm not mistaken. And he's oh, no, on uh, the Greenville one. Uh, maybe he's Gambian, something like that. And he's on the Greenville, he's on Greenville card. Yeah, he's facing Alan Crowder. He's minus two thirty-five. Oh, he's Surinamese. That's what he was. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of Surinam fighters. It's actually um, a lot of great champions in kickboxing from Surinam. Yeah. Andy Risty, Tyrone Spong. We have a new young kid fighting for uh, a title, uh, Donny Giabana. He's fighting the Russian Vahitov in Paris.
0: Yeah, so I can't really find... uh, I need to try Surinam His kickboxing record is 62-6-2. 62, kickboxing, six, not bad. And one of those wins is over Ben Sadiq at some point.
1: A win over Sadiq, yeah, too. yeah. He beat
0: yeah. Jamal Ben Sadiq, yeah. Nice. So, another kickboxer, new, yeah. New Sadiq in. now,
1: though, is a beast. Yeah, yeah. New Sadiq
0: he's now is a monster. He won the tournament,
1: yeah, yeah. And he'll get another shot against Rico. His fight with Rico was probably one of the best fights I've ever called. Yeah, him now, and Rico now he's was, a whole new, a whole new
0: ball game with him now.
1: But yeah, that was probably one of the most fun fights I've ever called in my life.
0: All right, so you're gonna go. You, you want to make your pick for Greenville?
1: Yep. I, uh, man, I, I I underestimated him, and I'll call myself out for him. I, I underestimated Rob Font when he fought Pettis. Um, and I thought against Pettis, he looked incredible. The way he used his jab stayed long. And I think that same strategy, um, I, I feel uh, Lineker probably has a little bit better wrestling than Pettis. But um, I think Rob Font stayed long. I've uh, been following him on social media. Looks like he's in phenomenal shape. And his main training partner is Kelvin Cater. And after what he did this weekend and I think he broke um uh, what's his opponent? Llamas,
0: three. Llamas, yeah, three, places, three places. Yeah, places three fractures. Jaw. Three
1: <laughs> fractures to the jaw with yep. the, the, that beautiful shot. And they work well. So, uh, Robbie Font, let's go.
0: Plus 170. Let's go. I was go. with Rob and Calvin last uh, last week in Chicago. Yeah. Rob oh. is, like, he's he's focused. He's zeroed in. Yeah. And he was saying that yep. uh, he want like, the Lineker's, uh, it's a short notice rematch. because Lineker just took the fight, like, a week or two ago. Uh, I think it was actually last week, um, early last week. And uh, Rob said... Um, yeah, I want that one back. I want to get that one back against yeah. look He looked so, great, man. Telev I'm telling you, camp I underestimated
1: Politiker. him, so now he's going to make it up.
0: All right, I'm going to take. Uh, oh, there's, the, I'm torn between two things. You know, I'm going to. I was going to take Alessio DeShirico at plus 185 against Kevin Holland because I just wasn't super impressed with what I saw from Holland last time, and DeShirico is kind of an overachiever. But I think I'm just going to go with the. Uh, I'm going to go with my gun. I'm going to take a parlay. It's. I think it's even money. It's like plus 107. Uh, Yair Rosenstruck and Darren Wynn Parlay. I'm going to go with that. Hmm. That's going to be my pick. It's yeah, just above even money. Darren Wynn is uh, basically the protege of uh, of uh, Daniel Cormier. They trained together. And Wynn was a very high-level wrestler who's was uh, making his UFC debut. And we talked a little bit about Rosenstruck there. Um, so I'm going to go with that. It's like plus 107.
1: Yeah, doesn't he doesn't even have a picture on uh, on the UFC site. Who, Rosenstruck? No, or Wynn.
0: Darren Wynn, yeah, he just got signed uh, in the last couple months. Hey, so uh, there you go. So you
1: got your inside scoop.
0: Yeah. Well, I also like the uh, Alessio De Shirico's great value at plus one eighty five. So I'm not going to take that, but just just for a heads up for our listeners if they they have any interest. And my Wyman might be a, a live dog against Pena, but we'll see. Pena's is just so huge. Um, although even though he's moving back up to one fifty five, was unable to make one forty five. So the UFC is making him go back up, which I think is the right thing to do. No reason to try to cut extra weight for no reason. He's already yeah. a big fifty five er. What? All right, so uh, anything else we have to discuss here? Is there anything we, we missed? Uh,
1: I'm trying to think from the last so. card. Um, we didn't really talk too much about Cerrone's eye.
0: Yeah, so walk us through. I'm sure you've seen this before. Why blowing your nose can result in that kind of thing?
1: Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, they they say you shouldn't because of that swelling issue, obviously. But uh, I think what happens is you get a a little bit of a blood clot probably eventually once uh, once it stops. And then once you blow that blood clot out, then then blood start and fluid starts going towards the eyes and it starts coming out again. So, you, they say you just got to keep it. I mean, and as soon as you get that blood clot and you break that fluid stream that 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 it's clogged up, you're done. Um, but I just think you can't breathe anyways. I mean, he's probably struggling to breathe anyways. Just about to go in, you're like maybe it helps. I'm sure. I'm sure there's probably been times where it's helped the fighter. Who knows? Like, I'm not a specialist in that. And I think even doctors themselves might not even know at that point, right? They're not the ones getting their face smashed in at that point. At that point, you want any relief possible. I mean, so I don't really blame him for doing it. He's he's trying to do what he had to do, but...
0: I don't know. It was nasty. I just love Cerrone's he mindset. He has a broken afterwards. orbital too. No, no. Apparently, he doesn't. Oh. He came out today and said that Dana White came I out and said an he had a fractured orbital. Yeah, Dana White said that he had a fractured orbital. Okay. Uh, Cerrone said that's not the case. That they 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 thought it might be, but they spoke too soon, and he's fine basically. And I he think I dropped. Uh,
1: I think I dropped the stat last episode that at least one fight in every fight card almost has yeah. a broken orbital. Because
0: yeah, you mentioned that for, was it. ally Khynta said that or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I saw Al uh, last week also. He was there with Aljo? Yeah.
1: They're such a fun That's group. That's a fight eh? we should
0: talk about. Aljo looked amazing.
1: Yeah, Aljo looked I good. I guess
0: Munoz. Yeah,
1: yeah. I thought Munoz. Uh, I think did a little bit better than uh, he got credit for. I agree. I thought he did a lot better. I don't think people gave him uh, enough credit for what he was doing. I thought he did. I thought he fought well.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'll say this. I don't think he I did actually, a dominant.
1: Gave, it wasn't as dominant yeah. as people were saying. I
0: gave Munoz one of the rounds. But, yeah, uh, me too. One thing about it is that the thing of that about Sterling is he's such a good defensive fighter. He he absorbs less than two strikes. Uh, significant strikes per round at, at bantamweight, which is pretty impressive because of how fast they are. But he decided to, to throw that play- playbook yeah. out the window and engaged Munoz, similar to what Sahuda did against He said Marais. he had more
1: strikes than uh, any of his yeah. fights combined, right? Um, in who, Sterling? One fight.
0: Yeah. Something like that.
1: Something I heard. Uh, I think it was
0: a bantamweight record for the most significant strikes landed in a yeah. three-round bantamweight fight. He
1: just kind of like bit down and came forward, yeah. and you saw him just kind of like biting at the mouthpiece, coming to, he looked good. He looked good too, but like I said, I thought Munoz did better than uh, I think commentary and judges and people are giving yeah, him. Yeah,
0: I mean Sterling, I think earned the next title shot. Doesn't mean he's going to get it, but I think he's next in line.
1: Yeah, he's pitching for it. Kind of. I mean, who else would deserve uh, another shot? I mean,
0: Peter Yan, people are talking about, but I think that Sterling's performance against Munoz was more impressive than Peter Yan's, and that Sterling was facing the more difficult opponent.
1: Yeah, I, I agree.
0: Um. So. He's a guy that I'd like to give a lot of credit to. You mentioned Calvin Cater, fantastic knockout. Yeah, that was nasty. Uh, Ricardo Lamas, yeah. Jeez. Did you see the uh, Instagram post that Karolina Kovalkiewicz uh, posted? No. So she posted it. It was in Polish, but I translated it. I actually put it out on my social media yesterday. And basically it says, like, my heart wasn't in the octagon. I, I'm, not, I'm not in my prime anymore. This, I'm not the same fighter I used to be, but I want to continue to fight and put on entertaining fights. That's basically what she, she goes. I'm not really a title contender anymore. Uh, my best days are behind me, but I still want to keep doing this because yeah. I love it. Which I thought Fair. was very honest.
1: Yeah. But again, um, after your conversation with Dana White, Dana White only wants future champions, That's right? True,
0: yeah. Yeah, we didn't touch on that, did we? Didn't we didn't
1: touch on that.
0: So, yeah, I asked Dana White about—and this video got, I think, like 70,000 views on, on Twitter alone. <laughs> but I asked him about Elias Theodorou and Justin Willis getting yep. cut because Justin Willis, I think, was 3 or 4 and 1 in the UFC. Elias uh, was, I think, 8 and 3 or 8 and 2? 8 and 3. A- 8 and 3, I think, yeah. yeah. he's lost to Santos. He lost—
1: uh, He um, beat Sam Alvey, right? Yeah, yeah. I
0: think eight, either 8 and 2 or 8 and 3, whatever. So about an 80 percent—more than 80 percent winning percentage. And I, I said to him, like, you know, why are these guys getting cut if you want to consider this a sport and not just an entertainment business, why are you cutting guys that have, like, 80-plus win percentages and keeping people that have won, like, 25% of their fights? And his answer, which I thought was very strange, was, I don't want people that are just going to be, like, in the top 15. I want people that are going to be top five to future champions. Yep. But there are so many people in the UFC that so just many. do not fit that bill.
1: Yeah. So, like, why do you keep Diego Sanchez? I mean, maybe the excitement factor? I mean, he definitely... I believe you said, too, in the interview that um, there is an entertainment value to it, too. He values that, yeah. which I get. But um, I just think it was it's not—I think he's just jumping around answers. Like, come on, there's a lot of people who we know shouldn't be in there. I mean, you brought in, um, you know— just, Who? I'm just trying to think of different fighters that he's brought in that are definitely not um, oh, top th- ten competitors. U-
0: well, I mean, yeah, uh, and he's got yeah, fighters right so now that are like—, like the
1: Contender Series.
0: No, I mean, you, can, and, you can point out CM Punk if you want, for, yeah, for example. Yeah, CM
1: Punk. Yeah, I was being nice. Not, I'm trying to think of someone else because we knew that example. But, uh yeah, I think—yeah, who knows? There, it's a development. I think you need developmental fighters. You need guys that sit at just that at that 10 range so they have well, that, let me give you have that a gatekeeper type.
0: So Eddie Wineland fights a guy named uh, Grigory Popov this week, this weekend, uh, on this card— Gregory is older than Eddie Wineland and he's making his debut. All the guys that he's beaten overseas are like 3-3, three and 0-1, three, oh like basically can-crusher type stats. This guy's going to be a future top five guy in the bantamweight division. He's, he's older than Eddie Wineland. He's 35.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Like, no. he's you, dancing you around. can't make that he's case. Then, yeah. You cannot make that case if you're going to be bringing in Gregory Popov.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's just and
0: I'm not trying to take anything away from Grigory Popov. He's a good fighter. He looked good early on against Eddie Weiland. He ended up getting stopped by the hometown guy. Sure, but that's not a guy that's going to break into your top five. It's just
1: not. Yeah, no, he's you dancing be around to about answers. It. He's dancing around answers. I think he just doesn't want to say the truth of, of, of you know why he lets certain people go. But I mean, who knows?
0: Yeah, it seems like a lot who of knows? people. A lot of people that have had. Uh, uh, their differences with the UFC were liking the post like Randy Couture like it. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> and like yeah, yeah. and right. uh, Nate Quarry liked that. <laughs> but whatever. I mean I, I did get some feedback uh from some people you know saying you know, I like how you kinda held your own and tried to debate with him about that. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of people just take an answer at face value and run with it.
1: Yeah. No, I he's uh I don't know. I think they don't have to really give an answer, but uh sure it's a bunch of things.
0: And I want to clarify this because a lot of people were saying, you know, sending me messages saying, "Oh, Dana must really hate you because you keep like, you know, you keep uh questioning him and you keep cuz that's it, what Hawani did but to him, right? But that couldn't be further from the truth. Like Dana and I get along very well. You know, when when this cameras aren't rolling, him and I chat and yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. he's he's all smiles. And I, you know, I always joke with him saying, you know, there's going to be a tough one for you beforehand and yeah, 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 stuff like sure. that. Like, there's a little bit of gamesmanship between us, I think. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not trying to um, do anything that I'm not trying to be an antagonist. I'm just trying to get
1: the, the right like, questions. Like, yeah. The like right I, if answers. I have a
0: follow up question because I I want clarification on something he's saying or I want him to elaborate I don't think that I'm do- doing anything to, you know, to provoke him yeah. or anything like that. And if he looks like he's getting mad during an interview, he's, he gets mad all the time. He's a, he gets fired up. He's very passionate but about what he does. But you don't work for
1: the UFC, right? I, I, mean, I don't work for the UFC. So you should be able to ask those types of questions. It's like I always give people the example. They're like, oh, why didn't you, uh, I'm using kickboxing as an example. But I'm, they'll say, like, oh, why wouldn't you come there and ask or, or talk about how he's lost three in a row? Because I work for the company, yeah. I work for the company. I'm not going to say, "Hey, you lost three in a row. Now you're fighting." Uh, tell me about your thoughts. You know, you be you can't just mention the negatives. You got to bring out the positives in the guys. You can't ask those questions that you're asking, um, but those are the real questions. So, I mean, if you don't work, those are the qu- obvious questions that. Canada as a whole want to know. The world wants to know. So don't More dance around More importantly, I want to know. Yeah, me too. That's why I
0: ask the questions. Yeah. Because yeah. And, and I always tell people, go. Oh, how do you come up with the questions you want to go? You want to ask? I say, They're just the questions I want to know the answers to. If I already know the answer to a question, I would have no interest in asking it. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Although sometimes I will. They I'm just need, want to need, hear if the If answer. I need to buy time, I'll ask obvious questions. Yeah, yeah.
1: So what do you think, Elias should do? What's your What's your take?
0: I I don't really know what his options are. I mean, yeah. if he but gets, I mean, if
1: if if the the world is open to him, and he can go anywhere. What do you like? I don't know. I think PFL would be nice for him.
0: I, I think so, too, That'd but they don't fun. have a middleweight division right now.
1: So who, I did mean- they, who did they just sign? Jesse Ronson. Jesse Ronson. on oh, PFL. PFL send, signed Jesse Ronson. I think he has to win one fight from, my, from his post that I heard. He has to win one fight, then that puts him into the tournament.
0: Oh really? Okay. So
1: Jesse Ronson just signed.
0: Oh, that's good yeah. to know. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, Drop in news here, Eric. Yeah, is that
0: breaking news. <laughs> drop in here. I'll, I'll credit it. Uh, I'll credit it to you. Yeah, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got good you for Jesse because I, I know
0: Jesse uh, wanted to uh, get a shot in the UFC, but uh, yeah. unfortunately
1: he had an it's issue great. with his hey, weight. If you can have a chance to win a tournament and win a million dollars, I'd be okay with that yeah. too. A Million dollars isn't bad. You, Not bad. You could bad. do worse. Yeah, especially the UFC. If you're on early contracts, you're probably making ten and ten, fifteen yeah. and fifteen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a long time to fight for a million dollars. Yeah, like
0: I think everybody who joins the PFL has confidence in their abilities that they're going to win a million dollars, you know? And I think that they'd rather bet on themselves than fight twice a year for 20 and 20. Yeah, I I like
1: the idea. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. I think uh, 1FC has done it with kickboxing, which uh, again, that weird Giorgio Petrosian fight that they called back. Arbitrarily called. They're they're uh, refighting. I think they're fighting in July. That's that's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Yeah. But a million dollars on the line if you feel like you've been you know, wrongly, uh, yeah, you know, put in matter. a decision. It's
0: Like, you can't, arbit- like, if the UFC was, like...
1: You could put it, in an appeal, but if, it if never if Dana, happens.
0: Let's say Dana White doesn't like Tony Ferguson. He's like, that was an after-the-bell strike. It's now yeah. a disqualification. We've overturned it. But I mean, people, would, people would riot. But would
1: it be bad for... If, if you're Ferguson and you end up losing that... F- no. I'm just trying to say, like, it wouldn't be bad if Cerrone did put an appeal in. But the problem is he came out and said, I, what, my eye wasn't a result of the punch. But, I mean, I guarantee 90% of fighters would There's probably put an to appeal. appeal. It's
0: the ref's, the ref's fault. The ref screwed up. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it's not the fighter's fault at that point. It's the referee who's part of the commission who ruined half of your money. So, I mean, there is wrongful doing sure. in that.
0: But I, I think people like, first off, I think the people in the crowd booing afterwards are a bunch of idiots. I think that people that are saying, oh, this is, we need to run this one back, it makes no sense. The ref was out of position. It's a loud arena. Yep. The bell rings. The ref needs to be between the two fighters. The, the moment, Mer, look at where Murgliano was at the end of the round. He hears that it's 10 seconds left. Yep. He was nowhere near them. Well, that's why Ferguson you could have thrown a combo at them. Look at remember that's Jermaine Durandame versus uh, Holly Holm. Yeah, that was the that uh, Jermaine yeah. Durandame was landing those strikes after the bell. Yeah, it's the ref's fault.
1: Yeah, no, yeah I feel yeah. Defend but yourself at all times. But now, but now you lose the fight, and it was a result of that and the referee messing up. It's not fair that you not, lost the fight yeah, because the, of the referee's mistake. The, that's the, why you appeal.
0: Yeah, but you can appeal all you want. But if it's if it's the ref's fault, like there was nothing done that was illegal on the other yeah. on the other side. There's no il- yeah. like. Ferguson,
1: 99% of the time, you ain't getting the appeal anyways.
0: Yeah, of course. And so, especially I mean, in that case. This is but, the one in the billion. Yeah, but Ferguson, like, he didn't... Technically, he, he did something wrong because he threw a strike after the bell, and that's illegal. But it's on the referee to enforce that. It's on the referee to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. It happened earlier in the card as well.
1: well human error.
0: It was the Tuivasa and Blagoje Ivanov fight. I yeah. think one of them took a strike after the bell. And I think it might have also happened in the Bavon Lewis fight, if I recall correctly, but I might be wrong on that but the refs need to get in there. Like, that's their job.
1: I guess he calls and so listen, many fights.
0: versus Ferguson was an entertaining fight. I can understand standing yeah. around and watching it and being in awe of what's going on, but that's it's not your fight job. fight
1: of the night. Get in there. Yeah. Break it up. It's your True. job. Yeah, I got you. All right. That was good. That's <laughs> <calm down. laughs> Yeah, you got <sighs> heated there. there but you're breaths. right. You're right. You're right.
0: All right, Joe, before we wrap this up, uh, a little bit of breaking news from Brett Komodo of ESPN. Looks like Zhong Veli or Li Zhang, as um, people call her. Her proper Chinese name is Zhong Weili. will be getting the next uh, strawweight title fight in China at UFC Fight Night in Shenzhen, China, against uh, Jessica Andrade. Very interesting choice for the UFC because when you look at uh, Zhang which, and her resume versus like a Michelle Watterson's resume, they're kind of similar, both winning three in a row. But uh, I think Watterson's are over the bigger names. That being said, I think that Suarez deserves the shot over both of them. Who knows what they're doing there. It makes sense from a promotional standpoint. You've got a uh, Performance Institute being built in China, uh, which is going to be uh, certainly interesting to see uh, how they build that market. That's a market that they've been wanting to build for some time. But, uh, you know, Zhang Veli is the best Chinese fighter that they've ever had. And I think that uh, putting her up against Andrade is certainly an interesting choice, a little bit of uh, outside-the-box thinking from the UFC. So uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Um, we also want to see how it plays out when uh, Rob Font has his rematch against John Lineker. That takes place uh, next weekend at UFC Fight Night in Greenville, South Carolina. And Rob joins us now on the TSN MMA Show. We're now joined by a man who I saw last week in Chicago. He was there with Calvin Cater uh, for Cater's big win over Ricardo Lamas. It's Rob Font. Uh, Rob, that win for Calvin, does that give you momentum? Does that raise your spirits going into your next fight?
3: Of course, man. Anytime you know a plan comes like, comes together perfectly and flawlessly, you know, um, you know, uh, assures us that, you know, we, we know what we're doing when we're training for these fights. And, um, you know, seeing something like that obviously gets me hyped up and, and um, you know, uh, and, you know, especially two weeks out from a fight. So, yeah, definitely. Man, I was so happy I went on that trip.
0: Absolutely. So um, where did you guys end up going for pizza? That's the thing I've, I'm most curious in. Hey, one more time. Where did you guys end up going for pizza? I know that uh, you guys, Calvin, was having everybody stake out the different pizza places for when he had won the fight. He wanted to go somewhere good for we, pizza.
3: Um, we actually ended up at uh Illuminati's.
0: Okay, yeah, I went there last week too. It's okay. Yeah, yep. yep.
3: Uh, deep dishes is my um, thing. I, I I don't think it was worth it, man. I, I was kind of mad. Um, I, it was pretty good. I obviously I ate a slice. Um, I was I'm cutting weight, so I couldn't eat too much. But then I had to come home and run off the pizza, and I was kind of, like, irritated because it wasn't that good. I was kind of, not, not I mean, it was good, but not worth the run. I was sitting there on Sunday running on the track thinking, like, wow, this pizza's not worth it.
0: Me and James Lynch waited, like, 50 minutes to get a seat there on Friday, and I was like, this pizza's whatever. I could, it's okay. I got the uh, the thin crust, and then I tried the thick crust on, on Sunday, and I, I just not, I don't know. It's not my thing. The thick crust pizza, the Chicago deep dish, it's, I think it's a scam.
3: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, bro. I'm right there with you. It was kind of like, and I, and I got it well done. It was still kind of soggy, so I was like a little little upset.
0: Now that we're outside of Chicago, we can say it loudly. If you say it there, they get they get all upset.
3: Exactly, man. I wasn't trying to have any problem with anybody in Chicago, but now that we're, you know, we're, we're clear, man, I could definitely probably stick to that New York pizza.
0: I'll tell you what, it's no steak tips. Steak tips are legit. That's, that's a Boston thing. I like that.
3: Yeah, man, stay pissed. You got to come out here, man.
0: <laughs> I've been out there, I have, and I hear the UFC might be coming out there again. Um, Calvin mentioned that uh, the UFC uh, might be looking at doing a card in Boston later this year. Is that the card you're interested in getting on?
3: Oh, you already know that, bro. You already know that. Um, yeah, I heard it coming out here in the fall, so when um, everything goes smooth um, on the 22nd. Um, you know, hopefully me and Cater can uh, co-main event and headline this whole thing, put Cater has the main event, put in the co-main event, and we'll, we'll put it on the show.
0: Well, I'll say this, though. Even if you get a win against John Lineker, it's probably not going to go smooth. John Lineker doesn't like to make things smooth for a lot of people.
3: Never, man, never. That guy is a fucking brute. You know, he's a he's in your face. He, he's 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 a he's a he's a goon. You know, he's a goon. He's, he's there to to, the, to brawl. He's there to uh, fight to the to the uh, you know the last second of that bell. And um, you know, I, I personally experienced that. So uh, yeah, man, it's going to be another tough one. You know, this is a, a tough one for me, and I, this is one I need I need to get back personally.
0: Absolutely. So. Uh, Looking forward to uh, to watching this one. It's a rematch, and and I know when I spoke to you last week, like you just said, you're looking to get that one back. Why is that important to you? And and when this uh, fight was pitched to you, did, was that something that that made your ears, you know, perk
3: up? Of course, of course. So the um, so obviously we, we was out there in Chicago. Um, I believe it was Wednesday. I'm not 100. Either Wednesday or Thursday, but um, you know, Tyson pulled me to the side after it worked out. He like, "Hey, man, you know Cody's out. This and this and that." Replacements and I was like, um, all right. And then we started thinking. I said, What about uh, John Lineker? Obviously, he just lost. Um, you know, I know he's been um, you know, vocal on social media um, saying you know he's not he's a, he's not you know busy like the way he wants to be. And um, and uh, so I said, I figure, listen, like, like, obviously I am not saying he won't take the fight, but I know um, two weeks is kind of short notice. But let's ask. And he's like, look right. um, you know, I was just like, perfect. Uh, he reached out to Sean Shaw within maybe an hour. We got the fight. So um, yeah, and everything went perfect.
0: That's awesome. It's been three years since you last faced him. Um, do you have any concerns about him making the weight? He's had trouble making weight at flyweight, and now uh, at bantamweight it might be a little bit easier for him, but this is short notice.
3: Yeah, um, that was the only thing. I was like, you think he can make the weight? That's the first thing I said, you think he can make the weight? Um, and I said, you know, the first thing he said is find out. And um, That's the only... Uh, thing i was worried about but once you know once we got the contract that that quickly came up my mind i was running around you know chicago like a like a madman. i was so happy i got the uh, got the got the contract signed it there you uh, know, sent it back and it the done do.
0: well you must think of this as a bigger fight i mean you got a bit of an upgrade in the opponent in terms of uh their stature in the division
3: exactly exactly i believe i'm not 100 on the rankings i believe he's obviously uh, ranked higher than cody um it's a, and I think people, you know, more uh, they know Lineker a lot more than Cody, so it's a bigger name, a bigger fight, and um, hopefully everything goes smooth. I'm like I'm right there with my, my brother Calvin on that 9-10 spot.
0: Is there a lot that you can learn from Lineker's last loss against uh, Corey Sandhagen?
3: Um, yes and no. You know, um, you know, obviously uh, Corey's a longer guy, so I'm, I'm right there with him as far as the reach and um, the uh, in the footwork. We definitely have different styles, but uh, you know, you saw that if, if you could. Keep the jab in his face and um, be educated with the footwork, and um, he can frustrate um, Linacre and um, have him missing a lot. So you know, that's the plan, you know, um, to go out there and kind of like you know touch him up, make a miss, and touch him again.
0: And uh, is Calvin still going to be with you, helping you uh, along for this camp? Or is he taking some time off?
3: Uh, of course, of course, my brother's always there with me, no matter what. He's still in Chicago, I believe. He leaves today, but he'll be there. Uh, he'll be back here for sure, um, and then we'll, you know, we'll ride back out there and fight um, it all over.
0: He can't be a fun training partner to have, I'd imagine. Say it again. He he can't be a very fun training partner to have.
3: <laughs> no, it, it hurts, man. If messing with rolling, rolling and sparring like with Calvin hurts, man, it's it's good for me, but bad at the same time. Like every shot, like as far as like you saw the jab and the crosses, man, like those straight punches, like I I I felt them, I ate them. It's the worst, you know. Um, but it makes me better, you know. He he pushes me to to a higher higher level every single time we work. You know, you know um. Yeah, without you know, you know that guy he definitely. He, he, it's hard rounds when you go with Calvin get Gators.
0: What do you expect from uh, from Lineker? Do you expect he's going to can just be what he does for every one of these fights, just move forward uh, and pressure? Or do you think he might be trying to be a little more conservative after the last fight didn't go that well?
3: Um, mm, I don't think I don't think he had that in him. You know, he's a he's a he's a true fighter through and through. I think he's going to be the same exact way. He might be a little smarter with maybe the takedowns um, and stuff like that. Maybe mix it up a little bit more. But besides that, I, I doubt it. But then uh, again, like I said, I, I try not to think too much of, the, of, of what my opponent is doing and think about more of what I'm doing. But I, uh, I'm prepared to, uh, you know, you know, for the ground and I'm prepared to stand with him.
0: What do you think of Henry Cejudo's performance this past weekend, beating Marlon Rice at his own
2: game?
3: That was impressive. Impressive, you know. He. Uh, he, uh, I gotta watch it again, but I believe he definitely lost that first round, and he slowly, you know, came back and and just stayed, um, uh, you know, stayed confident, stayed uh, stayed in his face, and he and he finished. So you know, that's a big thing. Not too many people finished. I'm not 100% sure how many times Mariah's been finished. But I don't think people finished Mariah. And you know, um, and obviously he went in there, did it, did what he had to do, and became the double champ. You know, more power to him. You know, um. That guy's cool and honestly, um I hung out with him a couple of times before um you know, he was going to thirty five he's a great dude and um kind of a motivation too to see how he, he lost Demetrius, bounced back and then came back and won you know, and and you know, won the belt. So I'm trying to do the same thing, you know. I lost the vinegar once and I'm trying to take a little bit of that Henry so who did juice, sprinkle that on top of uh on top of my head and go out there and get that uh get that W back.
0: Well, there's some good news and some bad news for the division. It looks like Cejudo's kind of banged up and wants to take some time off. Might not fight again until the end of the year. We don't know if that's going to be a flyweight or bantamweight. It could stall both those divisions. But in the meantime, it gives you a little bit of time to gain some ground. Do you think of it that way?
3: Exactly. You know, I'm um, not I don't want to overlook. I can, obviously, especially a guy like Bennett, you can never overlook him. But, you know, hopefully everything goes smooth and good out there. We get one more. I'm like, I'm right in that conversation, you know, and, uh, And, you know, um, if not, I can maybe revenge another loss, maybe a sponsor or Pedro. But um, I feel like I'm right there. Um, We're all right there. You know, I feel like the whole division is maybe one or two fights away from being in that conversation. So it should be interesting. But for me personally, him um, kind of taking some time off really doesn't do much for me as long as I stay busy, you know.
0: What do you think has been the issue in your career in terms of moving up? Do you think it's just been a consistency thing that that's uh, been the, the biggest problem?
3: Definitely, you know I go two, and I lose one. Win two, lose one. So I gotta, I gotta get past that. You know I gotta go and wreck off like three or four in a row and, and get there, and um, you know, and really solidify my spot for uh, for that number one contender or that title shot. But I gotta, I gotta chill out with this, with this, you know, winning two, losing one, winning two, losing one. So um, yeah, and I gotta stay consistent and uh, stay focused.
0: Well, the good thing about it is, if you do stay consistent, if you get this win over Lineker, for example, people can look at your resume and say, "This guy's got a win over Thomas Almeida, over Sergio Pettis, over John Lineker, some of the best guys in the division." And that's only going to help you get bigger fights.
3: Exactly. Exactly. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really in here to fight the best, and and I fought the best, and I plan on um keeping, you know, keeping them, um, keeping fight, I'm you know, continuing fighting the best. Um, but I do have some solid, uh, solid names in my resume, and. Um, Win over Lineker really put uh, you know, the uh, put another big name under my um under my record. So, uh, you know, everything goes smooth. I plan on um you know getting out there doing my thing and then looking for another big name.
0: What do you know about uh, Greenville, South Carolina?
3: Honestly, not too much. Uh, I heard it's a little country. Uh, I heard they have amazing golf, so we definitely me and get out there and, and golf a little bit. But uh, I plan on going to uh, Myrtle Beach right after that. So. Uh, I know a lot about that so I'm definitely trying to hit the beach, but uh not too much about Greenville. <laughs> Have you been to South Carolina before? I actually uh I uh yeah, I've been there a couple times when I was younger but I can't really remember too much. It was more of like just the Myrtle Beach area but uh never really hung out there and um you know as as, as older but uh we'll see. We'll, 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 I'm pretty sure we'll find some trouble to get into. <laughs>
0: All right, hopefully not too much trouble, uh, but hopefully you give John Lineker some trouble. That's next Saturday, uh, UFC on ESPN+. Uh, Greenville, South Carolina, you're in the coming event. John Lineker, we look forward to uh, to watching you perform.
3: My man, thank you again. But uh, Will you be out there? No, I won't be
0: out there, unfortunately. I would love to be out there. It's a beautiful place, but uh, not going to make it to that one.
3: All right, well, I'm sure I'll see you at, at another event soon. That was
0: Rob Font. Always great catching up with him. Joseph Valtellini on YouTube, latest video. Yep. Countering and defending the rear straight punch.
1: Yeah, that's it. So, so what's, the,
0: what's, the, what's a rear, rear straight punch would be with your... Uh,
1: like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I, I say rear yeah. side so because if you're orthodox, if you're orthodox, your right, Southpaw. Right, you yeah, I try to make it stance-friendly for people. Stance-friendly. Stance-friendly. Look friendly. at this
0: political correctness on your YouTube My channel. My
1: stance-friendly. Because, <laughs> I mean, let's be realistic. There's a lot of Southpaws, and I get a lot of comments from people like, hey, can you do Southpaw videos? And it's like, so I try to use language... Um, that allows both. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, a lot of fighters, just because, um, say, for me, example, me, the last four years I've been fighting southpaw. So I have a left rear straight and I have a right rear straight. So, I mean, So how do you counter not? the
0: uh, the rear the I, rear I, I talk
1: about a kickboxing style, so kick. So I like to use my left kick versus the rear. So if their right hand's coming out, it's perfect time for my left kick to kick underneath. All right, cool. So that's uh, front kicks, round kicks, different timings. And it's cool, too, because I've been bringing in... Um, my friend, who's a coach at the gym too, Matt Embry, mm-hmm. who uh, former Glory. Oh, yeah, I remember Matt. He fought uh, Van Roosmalen mm-hmm. for the world title. He won a, a wicked contender tournament in Glory, knocking two guys yeah, out. Yeah, remember nasty. That, so he's a coach at my gym, and uh, he's been doing the videos with me. So sometimes after I do my main lesson for the channel, we'll do like a little free uh, freestyle. So I'll do it to him, and then you see him kind of with his style and philosophy, mixing different counters. So it's uh, it's been a fun little learning for me, And
0: Joe and I recently learned that uh, his gym manager lives on my street.
1: Yeah, who knew? Yeah, he said uh, you have a nice stroller. Do You have a nice stroller for the kids. Uh, we
0: did, and th- unfortunately, we had to uh, we we loaned it to somebody, and they really like it. So oh. we, we have one that is. Because I heard, yeah, because he, he was well.
1: like, "Do they have like these re- the really nice Cadillac strollers?" Kind we of did. Thing? We had
0: like we had the the SUV of strollers. Yeah, before. that's that's what he says. And now now like, we have a really. Ni-? I'm like, yeah. how do
1: I know what stroller that Aaron has? But. Uh, he said you had a nice stroller. Yeah, so. and then
0: we had to. uh Yeah, we, our one of our friends still has it, and we have another stroller that's still good, but it's not the same. Yeah, the baby doesn't should like
1: it. Should we be tagging your friends who have this stroller no, in this not. episode? No, no,
0: no. They can hang. They can hang on to it. We loaned okay. it to them. It's helpful for them. All helpful right, we'll make it work.
1: Okay. All right. I was gonna say maybe we'll go we'll steal it back if you need it really. No, that's okay. okay. We would
0: ask. We would ask if we wanted it back. It's okay. we, We're gonna make it work. It's all good. <laughs> So that's it. That's Pazooka it. kickboxing. 680 progress. <laughs> you got it. When's your event coming up? Friday. It's this Friday? This Friday.
1: Oh, yeah. no way. All this right.
0: Friday. I might have to end up coming to that. Yeah. So you said it's right, right at the gym here?
1: Right across from the gym. Okay. It's uh, called JC Banquet Hall this Friday. Um, first fights start around, I think we're trying at 7. We're doing uh, like three undercard fights. Um, just really newer people just to get the fight warmed up. And then we have a little intermission. Then we got uh, four really no gear, high quality fights going on. Okay, cool. So, yeah, we're excited. All First right. ever.
0: Looking forward to it, Joe. And uh, I'll be back next week. You're you're going to Glory next week? Yeah, Cedric Dumbay's back.
1: Yeah, Cedric Dumbay's back. back. Mexin's back. We got Artem Vahitov back. We have three world title fights on this card. So I'm excited. Nice to be back in France, get my escargot. I get to eat a lot of escargot, which I really like. So, um, yeah.
0: Tell Todd to go easy on Dumbay this time.
1: I know. He, he, we've talked about it. He's like, man, he goes, I feel so bad about it. <laughs> He's even apologized. Even Doom Bay's been like, ah, it's kind of not cool, man. Yeah, like, it isn't cool. <laughs> yeah. So if people not listening, Doom Bay ran uh Doom fight pass if you yeah, wanna watch it. Dume ran runs out of the ring thinking he got a knockout, but it was only a knockdown. And then yeah, it was like, it you idiot. It should
0: have been a knockout though. Yeah. There's no fair. what was it? A standing eight? Yeah. You can't
1: do a standing eight in kickboxing. Yeah. But uh they said the ropes kinda held them up. The referee didn't really step in. I get it. But uh yeah. He's excited. I'd probably run out too. i yeah. in my, you know. And
0: Todd was excited also, but in the in the in the wrong in the, wrong, in the way. wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's funny. Not but uh, nice. yeah, now he's Todd, back.
0: But now Todd's gonna go soft on him in this card. Like, yeah, oh, what a quick combo nice combo. Yeah, great. Doombay will, Doombay will be getting pieced up. Dume, great, great. Yeah,
1: we're great gonna job. see. I'm gonna test them out on that. You're right. He's been called out from another few fighters too, and that's uh, honestly the, the worst part of my job, man. Sometimes, like you're just seeing one person if you can over defend the other. Yourself, Todd can't. Yeah, I know, but it still <laughs> sucks, you know. When you get a message being like, "Do you hate me?" It's like, "What do you mean? Do I hate you?" Of course not. Like, well, your commentary sounds like you hate me. I was like, "I don't hate you." Like, come on. I mean that. That's probably the hardest. Part of my job is getting those messages. You should say sometimes. it on the
0: broadcast. Then, if somebody's getting beaten up, be like, "I don't hate I this do, man," but unfortunately, he's getting but uh, a
1: good of... commentator speaks his mind. I know. I'm just joking. You know you what I mean? You don't need
0: the preface. Your, no, your I know, I know. But <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm, I'm torn between it because you're right. Like sometimes I do, and then Todd's like, "Man, just pick a winner." I was like, "I can't. It's too close." He's like, "Oh, you're on the fence again." I was like, "Yeah, I'm on the fence again because I can't pick." Oh, Even like, after the third round. Well, yeah, and he'll ask me, "Joe, give me your thoughts on who won the fight?" I was like. Well, I can say what each did well, and I, I don't know. I don't want to pick just to pick. Yeah. Like, you, if if I know, fight. I'm going to tell you who I think it will win. But if I genuinely don't know, don't force me just to say a name because then at that point, someone's going to get mad. So sometimes I'll be like, don't ask me. I'll be like, don't ask me. Don't like, I'll quietly write stuff down. Like, Don't ask because I don't know. You can say, Todd, I'm just one
0: man. There's five judges here yeah. that are going to be able to I've make d- a, d- an educated decision.
1: I've used that line too many times now. <laughs> I've used it up. I need a new one. I'm just gonna be silent. How about, what was that? How, huh? How, huh? how about
0: Todd? Why don't you give me your opinion on the fight? Turn yeah. it around on him.
1: Yeah, he's good though. He's the problem is it's like when, Todd he, is he's great. a good bully. Todd is,
0: Todd is just he's just a really good. And commentator. on
1: the, it's like on the mic, like he would destroy me, like I would destroy him in the ring. You know that that's his element. So like I can't go uh, too hard on him because then he'll just he's the he's <laughs> the you know he's the man on the mic. He's I'm really done. good. So I, I mean like uh, I have to be careful because he'll out uh, bully me on the mic.
0: All right. Well, you can hear that. Uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend, the main card on on Fight Network and the Super Fight Series on Fight Pass.
1: Yeah, we're all on Fight Pass now. All oh, is Super the main Fight card on Series, that? yeah, Super Fight and main card oh, really? are all on uh, Fight okay, Pass. I didn't know that. And uh, I think we're also on top of all being. We have pr- actually our prelims too, so we're all on Fight Pass. Um, I think we're playing in Canada on the Fight Network as well, and um, I think we just signed a deal with CBS Sports. Oh wow. Yeah. So that, uh,
0: was that more breaking news?
1: Uh yeah, that was no, that was on Instagram last week. Oh, okay. No, just Jesse okay. Ronson. Just Jesse Ronson today.
0: <laughs> all right, great. All right, Joe. Well, all right. Thanks. Thanks for breaking news on the show. We That's appreciate it. I'm
1: trying, trying.
0: All right. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.